0: PTE Study Cast All right, here we go. The next episode of the MPTE study cast, we're talking about peripheral nerve entrapment of the upper extremity. I guess this could be presented in a bunch of different ways. Yeah, I can. So I just kind of wanted to do a little overview of it just to give you some teasers of really what you need to know to get a lot of these questions right. So, what is it? It Can be a couple of different things. So, it could be that it's tension on the nerves. So, they're getting stuck somewhere, right? Because remember, they're going all the way from the cervical spine all the way down to the fingers. So, the nerve could be unable to move, it can be an entrapment. Or basically, it could have stretch type of an injury that occurred, like a traumatic yeah. nerve. Nerves hate to be stretched. They hate it. Yes. Signs and symptoms. Symptoms that your patient would be telling you about when you were uh, interviewing them. Heaviness is one of them. Numbness and tingling, they could also have pain, they could have frank sensory loss, and if it's been long-standing, they can also have motor loss. And you know, you just have to be aware that patients may describe numbness and tingling in different ways to you. Electric right. pins and needles. Yeah, those Heavy. different types of things. But anything that you remember as a student as being associated with nerve pain, that should be one of the things that they're, they're going to be describing to you. If we think about the... Differential diagnosis. Big thing with the nerves is you have to make sure that it's actually really being entrapped down from the cervical spine. So that's the big peripheral thing. Peripheral versus Correct. central. Peripheral versus central. So you really want to start thinking about looking at dermatomes versus looking at peripheral nerve patterning. One of the big things that you can do with diagnosis is getting nerve conduction velocity studies or EMG. But you're not going to have that when you take the, <laughs> the NPTE. But There's a lot that you can learn from the anatomy and just from the different special tests that you do that can really help you determine if if it's a peripheral entrapment versus it's more of a central issue, like it's a disc pathology or a stenosis, and that's encroaching upon your nerve roots anatomy let's talk about the anatomy okay Anatomy. So when we talk about the upper extremity we're really going to focus on even though there are more than what i have listed there's three big nerves that can get entrapped but i know that there's more than just three but the test go for, for the test yeah. so we have the median nerve we have the ulnar nerve and we have the radial nerve so median nerve just to remind all it, everyone it's c5 through t1 but it's mostly c6 Ulnar nerve is C8, T1, radial nerve is C5 through T1, but it's also mostly associated with C7, okay? So, median nerve, when you're thinking about what are the two big syndromes of peripheral nerve entrapment, I'm thinking pronator teres syndrome or I'm thinking carpal tunnel syndrome. Those are my two big differential diagnoses. So if it's a pronator teres issue, pronator teres is going to feel sort of like a heaviness kind of in the forearm. And remember, we're talking about anatomical position. So it's going to be the thumb side of the forearm, which is also considered to be the lateral forearm. They would have all of the same symptoms that somebody with carpal tunnel might have, except for they're also going to have weakness in their forearm flexors. Whereas if you just have carpal carpal tunnel syndrome, you're going to have finger flexors, and they would probably have weakness in pronation, right? If we had carpal tunnel syndrome, we wouldn't have weakness in pronation. So there's your differential diagnosis there. Yep. So um, ulnar nerve, so again, that's CAT1 coming off the medial cord. So um, that can get trapped in a couple of different places, two of which are right near each other. It can get trapped in between. There's two heads to the flexor carpi ulnaris. It can get trapped in there. It can also get trapped in the cubital tunnel, which there's a little ligament called Osborne's ligament that goes across right where your ulnar nerve is at the medial epicondyle. And then it can get trapped way down in the hand on the pinky side of the hand or the medial side of the hand. And it's called Guyon's Canal. But anatomically, there's a ligament that goes from the piece of form to the hamate. So it's the pisohamate ligament. So same kind of thing when we talked about with the median nerve is if you have your ulnar nerve trapped up near your elbow in that cubital tunnel, you're going to have issues locally so you might have paresthesias or pain in your medial forearm and you'll have the hand weakness cuz it's going to have decreased signaling all the way down but if you just have the guyons canal entrapment you're going to have that just the issues that would go from that pisohamate ligament down to the finger. So your your medial formid would be spared and it would be it would be fine. And the last one that we have would be a um, radial nerve, so C5 through T1. So that can get trapped in between the heads of the triceps. That's pretty rare, but it can get trapped there and it can get trapped inside of the supinator. You can also get trapped inside the radial tunnel, but that would just be your PIN, which is your posterior interosseous nerve. Sometimes they may throw you a question where the superficial radial gets entrapped, and they usually that's a tight cast, so that's on the dorsal side of your wrist. And if you have a short arm cast, sometimes they'll throw that at you because it only gets the superficial radial, which is sensory only, so you wouldn't have any motor loss. You just have sensory loss. But radial nerve entrapment is pretty uh, profound because you lose all your extensors. So whereas on the flexor side of the arm. You have median and ulnar, so yeah, it's pretty bad to lose the ability to move your thenar eminence, so your thumb, but you you can flex part of your other hand because you still have your ulnar nerve, but when you knock out your radial nerve, you lose extension's, extension's gone. gone, and you know, that's... A movement that we need in life in order to have a lot of stability. In terms of different special tests that you can do to, you know, we talked about anatomically how you could differentially diagnose. If your median nerve is a problem, if it's carpal tunnel specifically, you can do the Tinel sign, you know, you can tap on the median nerve. You can do the Tinel sign anywhere. I mean, we a lot of students learn it just at the carpal tunnel, but right. you can you can hit anybody anywhere where the nerve is. Ulnar nerve. Positive and, sign Positive, is positive pain. sign, pain. Yep. And you can do phalanx tests. So essentially that's putting somebody into extreme amounts of wrist flexion so it's close off that carpal tunnel. So that median nerve is getting squished. Also, if you look at the hand and you see that the thenar eminence is wasted, you know, we call that simian hand. So if there's a flattening, on the thumb side of the hand. That's that also, does take a while to atrophy. It does, yeah, because that's motor loss, right? You would have people most likely telling you that they have sensory symptoms before that. If we look at the um, ulnar nerve, you don't have as many, because uh, your hypothenar eminence is not as big, so you do not you, you do get some muscle wasting if it's um, trapped at that pisohamate ligament, but it's not as pronounced as if you were to have your thenar eminence gone. Your ulnar nerve in your hand supplies your interossei and your lumbricals, so you would get get what's called a static claw. So you would actually have your fourth and fifth digit would be flexed and they would be flexed all the time. Is that Bishop's hand? Bishop's hand is the median nerve I always get that actually. Confused. So that's a great question though, because the test would have to tell you if, if they give you a picture or they say you're looking at a patient who has a flexed fourth and fifth digit, they would have to tell you if it was at rest or you asked him to make a fist. Got it. So Bishop's hand is you physically said to your patient, make a fist and they can't flex one, two, and three, and that should make sense because those are all median nerve. Gotcha. IOM or miss, I should back up for the people that maybe not as good with their innervations as they used to okay. be. So median nerve is going to do digits one, two, three, lateral side of the fourth. Ulnar nerve is going to do medial side of the fourth and fifth, and then radial nerve is the entire the back. back of the arm. If you know that, you can get a lot of these questions right. You can do your 10 sign for your ulnar nerve if you want to tell where that's strapped. Radial nerve, biggest sign you're going to see is wrist strap. So we usually just do manual muscle testing for radial nerve. So if it was trapped in the triceps, you may have a little bit of triceps weakness, and then you'd have all your wrist extensors would be compromised. If it's trapped in the supinator, you may have your wrist extension might be weak, but it might not be absent, but you might have more weakness in supination. Those are some things we can do. Treatment examples. Now, in terms of treatment for these guys, so if it really is a peripheral nerve issue and it's not a disc or, you know, some sort of stenosis in the spine, spine... We can do a couple of different things. We can do nerve glides, right? So, we want to try to get that nerve sort of moving better in between the muscles and the sheath that it has to travel through. It may be that we have to do patient education. So, a lot of people that suffer with carpal tunnel syndrome, it's because they have very bad ergonomics at work. So, a lot of people, it's the way that they actually type or how they have their computer set up or where they put their mouse or a lot of people, it's actually the way they sleep. So, they sleep with their, you know, sort of in the fetal position with their hands and wrists in a lot of flexion. So, up night splints work for some people, but really just talking about ergonomics, biomechanics with those people can help somewhat. And then manual therapy. So, manual therapy to try to restore normal flexibility. So if if you're thinking about if you have your median nerve trapped in between your pronator teres, if you have a really tight pronator teres, it may help them if you can use soft tissue mobilization to try to get that nerve to glide a little bit better cuz it's not so entrapped by that. Other treatments that your patients will get surgery is a big one, especially for a carpal tunnel syndrome. So what they'll do there is they just release that transverse carpal ligament. Only the median nerve is in the carpal tunnel the ulnar nerve's not inside the carpal tunnel. Some people will also get corticosteroid shots. Those don't work great. So rehab is usually your best treatment for these entrapments. Here's your example question. All right, sample question. How are we gonna see this in the MPTE? All right, so they could tell it to you in two different ways. Upper limb tension tests. All right, so ULTT. Also, they are called LVs tests. So know both of those. Okay. Yeah, they have two different names. There's a couple words that popped up on the MPTE that I've never seen before. And that's not that uncommon. It really depends on what your program teaches you. Right. If it's a word that you really don't recognize, but you recognize all of the responses, then just go with, okay, that's the test that I think it is, and they're calling it by a it different name. It was just name. a different name. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because don't panic. Yeah, you can get completely caught up in memorizing the names of all these different tests, and, and that's a complete waste of time, I think. Just remember what it does. Exactly, and set. that's a great strategy, is look at the answers first. So don't get tripped up by the question. All right, so what's our sample question? All right, so our sample question, question is you are a physical therapist and you have done an upper limb tension test and you put the patient in the position of shoulder depression, abduction, external rotation, supination, wrist extension, finger extension. What nerve entrapment would that test for? Okay. Alright, so choice one is median. Choice two is ulnar. Choice three is radial. Choice four, musculocutaneous. So, the correct answer is median nerve. Let's talk about why that's the correct answer. This is the description of upper limb tension test number one which is the test for median nerve. Most of it is if you think about median nerve. So you want to stretch it. That's what the point of an upper limb tension test is. So you want to go in the motion opposite to where this nerve would be going. Almost all these tests do shoulder depression and abduction because you're trying to bring the arm away from the body and stretch the brachial plexus. So that's common with all the tests. You also almost always put them into external rotation. Same reason. But supination is a little bit different. Okay. And then you're putting them into wrist and finger extension. So the supination, if you think about median nerve, goes right through the pronator teres. If you put them into supination, that's going to stretch the median nerve. So, and then you have that excessive wrist and finger extension and median nerve is part of the flexor compartment. That's why. So right off the bat, you answer. can throw out uh, musculocutaneous and radial, mm-hmm. and then it's between your ulnar and your median. Yep. And because ulnar doesn't do anything with supination versus pronation, that's that's going to be your key for that one. So we've narrowed it down. Yep. Great. So that's upper extremity nerve entrapments. That's it. That was easy. NPTE Study Cast. Brewed by the PT Pinecast.